The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast presented by DraftKings and DraftKings Sportsbook. They got a ridiculous 40-1 to basketball offer right now. Maybe we'll get into that a little bit later on in the show. When we talk NBA, but here's what you need to know. This is the best, at least that I'm aware of, football betting podcast out there. That doesn't mean we don't talk about other sports. We do. We're going to dive into the NBA playoffs a little bit today. But you look at our track record over the last five years. Go back and listen to every episode. We, We invite that. Listen to every episode. Listen to every bet we've made. And then see the results for yourself. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, at Ross Tucker NFL on social media, at Ross Tucker Pod is where you can find all of our shows, the highlight clips of the shows. We also post all of them to youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. So if you're more of a visual learner, go ahead and watch us on our YouTube channel. But you can always just listen like I know so many of you do and have for quite some time. The star of this show, as many of you know, is Steve Fezzik. He is the only two-time winner of the Super Contest at the Westgate out there in Las Vegas. He is the numbers guy, typically. I'll give you more my insight as a former player when we're talking NFL. When it's other sports, I'm pretty much leaning heavily on Steve's thoughts and what he brings to the table. You can check him out at Fezzik Sports and only at Fezzik Sports on social media. Steve, how are you? I am tremendous, Ross. Breaking news, Las Vegas, in my opinion, has announced the pandemic. It's in the past. We are moving forward. We are opening up. Our cases are not exploding. Despite that, my past weekend... Very hard to get a parking spot on the strip. High limits on all the blackjack tables on the strips. Social distancing, pretty much a thing of the past in Vegas. It is exciting. Hopefully we didn't open up too soon. I don't think that we did with our vaccination rates going up. Vegas is excited. 
Yeah, you know, I don't follow this stuff that closely. I will say I've done a couple of things recently where it certainly felt like things were a little more back to normal, which was really fun, you know, being out to dinner or out, you know, with a group of people. And it felt like more normal. Although I think I saw a tweet right before we started the show where Pennsylvania actually had an uptick in cases last week. So I don't know. I guess I would say if you're going to go back to normal and you're going to go back to doing things like that with other people and social gatherings, hopefully you're vaccinated. I'm not here to make any judgments or anything. I just don't want you guys to get COVID. So, or if you get it to get sick. So if you're going to go back to normal, hopefully you already got vaccinated. Evidently a decent amount of people in Pennsylvania, Steve, went back to normal, but they're not vaccinated. I have a theory about that, that you've got the cautious people, the the ultra-cautious people stay home. The cautious people, for the most part that I know, all got vaccinated. And the folks that are like, well, it's not going to dictate my life and it's my body people, a lot of them already caught this five months ago. So that you're at a point where maybe you're not completely at herd immunity, but you're at a point where if you add up the vaccination rates along with the prior exposures, you're getting darn close to herd immunity. So this is what's really cool, by the way, about doing a show like this or any show. Had no idea what we're, that we were going to talk about this as of two minutes ago. Absolutely no idea that we would be getting Steve Fezzik herd immunity thesis thrown at us uh you might be right though steve i like it so you're excited about that because on some level it makes it harder for you to just run around and place your bets right if it's hard to find a parking spot and stuff true but you got to remember all those drunken tourists and i got to experience that firsthand this past week uh they tend to make bad bets and they tend to oftentimes make big bets which can move lines at sports books, giving the professional better value playing back after a sports book operator says, you know what? I don't really respect that bet that much, but I got to answer to the higher up suits. If I got to make this big payout, let me get a little money back in the other direction. Got it. All right. Um, well, so there's a lot to get to today. Uh, we need to get to some NFL totals, and future stuff that has stood out to us over the course of the past week. I know you have some MLB ideas you want to get into. We also have to absolutely dive into this NBA stuff a little bit as well. The NBA playoffs are underway, Steve. But I want to start, I think, with your MLB ideas. Because you were texting me, you're, you're clearly not real happy with the state of Major League Baseball. You know, Steve, I don't really know anybody that is. Like, I don't know anybody right now saying baseball's awesome, baseball's great the way it is. I guess I wonder with all the no-hitters and the ERAs and the batting average down, I'm sure they've already made the adjustment on people taking the under in all these games, right? Yes. In fact, today we're seeing a Colorado Mets game. Now, granted, DeGrom is pitching, but the total is six. So six was a thing of the past just a few years ago. And there's a prop, runs, hits, errors, which is an excellent proxy, if you will, basically for action, things going on, on the ball diamond. 
21 and a half runs, hits, and errors. That's um, as low a runs, hits, and errors prop line as I have ever seen. So you're going to go to a ball game almost three hours, and you're only going to see 21 runs, hits, and errors. There's just not enough going on, Ross. Back in the 70s, baseball was great. Hits and runs, triples. It was a national pastime. Now, if baseball had just been invented, no one would go and watch it. It's similar to boxing. The only people that like boxing over UFC and the only people like baseball over football, in my opinion, are the people that grew up with it and it's a legacy. But if you just had to evaluate it and it was the first time you experienced both of them, well, baseball is so slow, it cannot compete against the other sports right now. That is really interesting. You always say stuff like that. And when you say it, it always makes me, it always gives me pause and then makes me think of it differently. You know, like overtime rules or stuff with soccer, you've said before, where it's like, the only reason why people think this is fine is because it's the way it's always been done. If we started from scratch or if it started this other way, we'd all think the idea, the way they do it now is galactically stupid. Soccer, the clock. So the NBA, I know to the nearest tenth of a second. How hot is that when you see Curry releasing his 28-footer with 0.1 seconds left and it's just left his fingertip? How much time's left in the soccer game? Eh, three <laughs> to five minutes. I'm really not sure. Just go ahead and get drink another beer, you know, and it, it'll all work out. It, it is. I mean, I know it's such a good point. I know that people are used to it because that's how it's always been, the stoppage time. But you want to talk about just how there could be one person who is in control at, on his stopwatch. He's in control of the entire length of the outcome of the game. I mean, it's that is actually like if they try to implement that now, they would be like, what are you nuts? Like, can you imagine the NFL if it was like, you know, coming down to the end, like they call a timeout and the ref has to announce how much time's left because he's keeping it on his watch? Brady's in the red zone. Oops, I'm sorry. The game has ended. Nobody knew. Time's up. Un unbelievable. I mean, absolutely unbelievable. So what are your ideas to uh, fix it? Got to get the ball in play. These are all, frankly, obvious, and we can't have all this stoppage in time. So we're going to lower the mound. That'll be fewer strikeouts. Well, that's a problem. The hitters have too big of an edge. So we'll deaden the ball a little bit more to make it harder to hit a home run. So these launch angle swings, basically big, fat softball players hitting high fly balls over the wall, those will become outs. you got to hit it really well to hit a home run. So we deaden the ball. We enforce a pitching clock. Pitcher has to pitch within 10 seconds, and the batter's not allowed to step out of the batter's box, reduces the game to two hours, 30 minutes, and all of a sudden we have so many more balls in play and action, more hit and runs, much more exciting game, problems fixed. All right, so question on that. They already did deaden the ball this year, and that's one of the issues, right? They deadened it slightly, small, tiny adjustment, and frankly all they did is they were juicing the ball, and now, they, now they're not juicing it as much, in my opinion. Deaden it some more. You want them to deaden it even more? Absolutely. There's, there's, you see broken bats that go for home runs now, Ross. 
I mean, back in the 70s, if you saw an opposite field home run, the only guys that could hit one would be like Mike Schmidt or Johnny Bench on occasion. It was so rare to see that. And now it's routine that a guy gets good wood, gets the barrel on the ball, it goes 440 to the opposite field. But, I mean, on some level, right, that's why they've done everything they've done with launch angles and home runs or strikeouts. I mean, you're the math guy, and everything they do with the shift and everything they do with the batters and the launch angles, it's all based on the math and the best chance to get the most runs, right? Mostly right. So the whole launch angle, pull the ball for the batters is completely correct. The defense has adjusted to that where with the left-handed hitter, you put the rover, you bring the shortstop into short right center to be basically the softball rover to stop that. And where the adjustment, I'm convinced of this, 20 years from now, these left-handed hitters will all be able to bunt. They'll all be able to go ahead and stop the shift by going the opposite way. If, a, if an uncoordinated pitcher can bunt the ball against a charging third baseman and he has a, a, a margin of error that's almost nil, certainly a positional player, a professional hitter can hit the ball to the left-hand side with practice. They just don't do it. But what's going to happen is that Billy Bean and the like, eventually the analytics guys will like throttle these hitters and say, look it, you can hit 400 just by bunting every single time. And all you got to do it is every third at bat. And then guess what? Then you can't shift against that batter. And then you can go back to hitting with your launch angle. And for whatever reason, these hitters just have not learned to do it the past 10 years. So you get these big, fat left-handed hitters look like DeShambo hitting 220. Yeah, they hit 28 home runs, but they don't help their team. You think you're uh, a little bit spoiled because you grew up in Cincinnati during the big med, big red machine in the 70s? Oh, there's no doubt about it, where you have Concepcion and Geronimo hitting 270, batting 7th and 8th, and you've got all these Hall of Famers. Ken Griffey was like the weak p- part of the big red machine in the front of the lineup, and he had great speed and hit 300 oftentimes. You know, Rose, Bench, Perez, Foster – um, we had McCray coming off the bench. He couldn't even start. It was a tremendous team. Yeah, that was people, you know, there aren't that many teams that kind of transcend eras or that people still talk about. People still talk about the big med, big red machine a lot. They must've been pretty good. How many times did they win it? Do you know? 75 and 76. And then uh, Eric Davis and company won one, you know, like 13 years later, Reds lost, um, the World Series in 70 and 72. The Mets got them in the playoffs in 73. I think they lost to the Pirates in 79, but the team had been disbanded. So it was all throughout the 70s. What's remarkable about the Reds, if you look at the wins after replacement for the Reds in their championship years, it's all the hitters. Like, uh, you know, Bench is worth eight wins and Foster's worth seven and Rose is worth five. Um, Joe Morgan's worth seven. And then you go to the pitchers and I think Don Galt's worth three. And after that, it's like a whole bunch of guys were two wins, like Gary Nolan and Clay Carroll. None of these pitchers really mattered. It was all hitting. So, all right. So they didn't have great hitting. They didn't have great pitching back then. But they did have an originator. Sparky Anderson understood. His nickname was Captain Hook. And he basically originated the idea of the setup man in – baseball get your starter to go six or seven innings have and then bring in a guy in the eighth and then your closer in the ninth he's the first guy that really popularized that concept that everybody seems to do now 
All right, let's talk a little bit of NBA as well, Steve. And let's dive into the uh, NBA playoffs. I mentioned this earlier. I'll, I'll mention it again now. DraftKings Sportsbook has 40 to 1 odds on any basketball game right now. All you have to do is pick any team that is still in the hunt, which is all of them in the playoffs. If that team wins, you get $200 in free credits. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code ROSS when you sign up to turn $5 into $200 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game. And if they do, you can claim $200 in free credits. Amazing. That's promo code ROSS. Limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. And I'm wondering, Steve, if you have somebody that you would like to put that five bucks on. Yeah. The basketball pro- game coming up where you would say you're probably just going to look at the spread and say, take the, well, actually you got to win the game. So is there a game coming up that you feel good about? Maybe, uh, maybe the Lakers. No, we're going to bet it on the Brooklyn nets tonight. So we get, we make our money the quickest. Brooklyn is currently a minus about a 440 favorite. So take out the VIG. They've got about an 80% chance to beat the massively underperforming Boston Celtics, 15,000 strong in Brooklyn, rooting us on. Let's do it, Brooklyn Nets. 80% chance to pick up your 200 bucks. Got it. Any other thoughts speaking of the NBA? Anything else stand out to you about the NBA? Yes, the rise of the Eastern Conference. So what did we see in the past? The West was way better than the East. And the only thing that gave it any parity was LeBron James and his teams. So LeBron's gone to the West now. So the West should be absolutely a monster favorite against the East. I got to tell you, Ross, I think I can make a case the three best teams in the NBA might all reside right now in the East. Certainly Brooklyn with the big three. They're the favorite to win it all two to one. They're the best team in the NBA. But Milwaukee and Philly, I think you throw a blanket over them versus the Lakers, the Clippers, Utah and Phoenix. I think all six of those teams are in one category, really close with Brooklyn being the best. So this is the first time I can remember in, what, what, 20 years where the top teams in the East are better than the top teams in the West. Has it been that long? You know, I'm trying to go back. It it seems like it was LeBron James and nobody else in the East, right, where it didn't matter whether his team was seated second, fourth, whatever – LeBron's team was going to get through the East, and we always talked about what an easier path they had. All right, so then how do we monetize that, Steve? Like, is there are there ways that you see that we can take advantage of that? You know, I think we can just – unfortunately, nothing clever pops into my mind other than to just wait for the championship. And I think whoever comes out of the East is going to be so battle-tested, but the perception is going to be that the West – team that gets out of the scrum is going to be a superpower also. And I think the Western team is going to be overvalued based upon that. And I'll likely back, it should be the Nets, but whoever gets through could be Philly. Uh, I'll take the Eastern team against the Western team. Did you see, by the way, before I forget, where our buddy Doug Kazarian, did you see this story, Steve? Doug Kazarian of ESPN, he's been on the show before. 
he saw where a different sports book, I will not name them, but it's not DraftKings. He saw where they had Tyson Campbell, the Georgia cornerback, listed as a safety incorrectly for the NFL draft. So he bet $3,500 on Tyson Campbell to be the first safety drafted because they listed him as a safety. He was the 33rd overall pick. He's a corner to the Jaguars, but he was the first listed as a safety to go. Doug won almost 300 grand, Steve. 300 grand on a $3,500 bet because of really what was a clerical error. And good for Doug Kazarian. You know, pro bettors do this all the time where prop bets get put out and there's two golfers, for instance, with the same last name and they get the wrong guy in terms of a reference or in the Super Bowl, they had the kickoff returner and he has the same name as someone else and they list the wrong guy and they have props about his return yards and the like. So Doug is an extremely savvy better. Now you got to remember his background. Doug Kazarian was right here locally in Las Vegas for years doing an outstanding job with the nightly um, sports cast here just in Vegas before going to ESPN and Sports Center. So no one is more uniquely qualified to do a betting show and to be able to talk about advantage play. He's connected. He knows guys that know, I'm not going to call these taking a shot, but know how to take exploit mistakes by the sports books. And absolutely, that's the beauty of betting in Nevada. If you did, if, if Doug had bet that offshore, the offshore would have said, Mr. Kazarian, we apologize, but we'll be unable to pay you because this was clearly a bad line. So we're going to grade your wager, no action. However, in Nevada and in most of, of these different states, the rules are tickets go as listed. So if a sports book makes a mistake, they have to pay. Example, I know the Hard Rock one time made University of Louisiana Monroe a 35-point favorite against LSU instead of a 35-point dog. I know someone who bet it just like Doug did on this bet on the money line. They had to pay. If they make a mistake, tickets go as written here in the United States. You know, here's my question. Um, I, I guess I'm just wondering, like, what happened to that person at that sports book that made that mistake? Well, if I made a mistake that cost Ross Tucker Enterprises $350,000 and it made national media, do you think you'd be promoting me or doing something else? Uh, I would not be promoting you. <laughs> there uh, you man, go. That would, be, that would be bad, really bad. Um, I wanted to ask you, speaking of big money and long shots, how about Phil Mickelson, Steve? And what he was able to do, I don't know how many people actually bet on him, not many, but wow, oh wow, you could have made a lot of money on Phil. And I can just hear everyone say, Fezzik, you always say never bet a needle in the haystack bet. And here's a 200 to 1 bet that won. Don't you think you should rethink it? And I would respond, no. And here's why. Phil was out there for everyone to see at 200 to 1. Dude was 50. No 50-year-old has ever won a major. So think about this. If over the past 50 years, 100 years, you've been betting and you've taken every guy in every major that's 50 years older or more and gotten, in many cases, much more than 200 to 1, 
Think about how much money you're down. Eventually, Phil probably had a one in 500 chance of winning this tournament, all right? Given what we knew going into the tournament. All right, now he's in better shape. He's playing better than we thought. So maybe it was better, but we didn't know that yet. So call it one in 500. Hey, a one in 500 long shot each and every day is going to win every year and a half. It happens and then it gets publicized. And that's why all these sports books make so much money. As they said in the office, uh, the one big bald guy once said, if you get 100 to one or more on anything, you bet it. When John Bon Jovi wins Best Actor, I'll be a very rich man. Maybe not. <laughs> What's that from? From The Office. <laughs> oh, oh, I like that. Oh, I forget what his name is. Brian? Uh, that's his real name. I don't know what he is on the show. I, I met that guy, actually. <laughs> I met that guy at a party with my really? wife. My wife loves that guy. <laughs> you get anything over 100 to 1, you take it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, all right. A lot of talk this week as well, Steve, about the uh, the NFL, in particular Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Any thoughts on what's going on there right now? Are they putting the season win total back up? Are there places we can try to profit from whatever we think is going to happen there? Yeah, so Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, before all this talk about his Jeopardy career and he doesn't want to go back to Green Bay, they had a season win of 11. By the way, Rodgers was very good on Jeopardy. So now the number's back up and it's nine. So what is Vegas telling you about the chance that Rodgers is coming back? Well, I did a quick back-of-the-envelope calculation. Rodgers versus Jordan Love. I had that as a nine-point drop-off. How much is nine points worth in terms of expected wins? Over the course of a year, that's worth about four and a half wins. So Green Bay with Rodgers should win 11. With Jordan Love, six and a half. Now, I know they could get another quarterback, but let's just go with the Jordan Love. So Vegas is setting the, the season win number at nine, almost equidistance between those two numbers, shaded a little bit more to the original number. What that's saying is that Vegas is essentially saying Aaron Rodgers has, has only a slightly more than 50% chance to be with the Packers this year based upon that current number. That is really interesting. Um, they wouldn't get another quarterback, by the way. I mean, it, it would be Jordan Love. They're, they already got Bortles to be like the veteran backup or whatever, but they drafted Jordan Love in the first round, traded up to draft Jordan Love in the first round for a reason. Uh, that's interesting. I mean, somebody is going to find out at some point, Steve, whether Rodgers are going to be there or not, and they're going to make a bunch of money from it. No doubt. And, you know, I was just shopping around, um, making my way around the United States and in one specific state. And I don't want to disclose where it is, but it could well have been in Delaware. The um, the number on Green Bay was still 11 for season wins. Now, they, there was extra big. It was minus 150 to the under. But what a fine bet that is. If Rodgers doesn't play, you essentially win. And if he does play, eh, you got a little bit the worst of it with having to pay extra VIG on under 11. So uh, that's a pretty good deal where you got a 50% chance of basically winning right off the bat on a bet. I know, Steve, typically quarterbacks 
are the only ones that really make much of a difference in terms of lines. But Julio Jones has been such a dominant player that I'm wondering if he gets traded, does it do anything for you when you look at Atlanta, either week one line or season win total, or the team he goes to, considering if he leaves Atlanta, which looks likely, Steve, there's kind of a mental... There, there, there's a mindset there where it's like, okay, we're not really going all in this year if we trade Julio. Whereas the team that gets him, it's like on some level picking up a new bat or a new, uh, a new, a new arm at the trade deadline. Sure. So let's do the math on Julio. He's worth about a point. So that's what an elite skill position player is worth. That might be overstating his value slightly given his age. He'd have to be a top eight wide receiver to justify that. Now, Atlanta's pretty loaded now, especially after the draft with skill position players. So he might not even be worth that full point for Atlanta, but let's, let's assume he is. How much would he help another team if he's worth a point? 17 games. So that would be 17 points that a team would expect to pick up. That 35 points is how much you need to pick up an extra win. So Julio Jones is worth half a win in terms of season wins. So whoever gets him, if they don't have to give up anything um, material, maybe just future draft choices, that would be enough to move the needle on that team and their season wins. Very interesting. All right. I'll be curious to see. It looks like he's going somewhere. I'll be curious to see exactly where he ends up going. Uh, That'll do it, by the way. Fun show where we solved all of baseball's issues. We totally changed the paradigm for the NBA and where the best teams are. We talked about uh, the bet of the century for Doug Kazarian. We got somebody fired at a different sports book. We, we, we solved the COVID issue. It's over. And we gave you two pretty darn good NFL bets. I love it. Make sure you follow Steve on social at Fezzik Sports. I am, of course, at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. Please subscribe if you haven't already. Definitely subscribe to YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Good luck, everybody. Hope you guys win some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mentioned DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. you got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana. 109 with it. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always, sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit.